to the bottom of the night. I've been slamming, ego, slamming, ego, slamming, ego, slamming, ayy. You already know what's up. What's that? Another home run. But you know the job ain't done. Till we hold that trophy up. What's up, everybody? Welcome. Episode 544, Talking Friars Podcast and YouTube show. Ben Fad with you here, December 26, 2023. Day after Christmas. I hope everybody had a great day yesterday. Hope everyone is having a good time to rest. If you are resting, you don't have to go to work. I know there's plenty of people that did have to go to work again today, but thank you all for the time. I definitely don't take it for granted. So without further ado, I'm going to get into the main topic of the show today. Top five moments for the Padres in 2023. I know that the year is not technically over yet. But I don't anticipate the Padres signing Cody Bellinger or the Padres, you know, signing some, you know, Blake Snell or Jordan Montgomery, you know, one of the bigger remaining free agents. I just don't see that happening. So those it's not like that would be included, potentially could be included on my top five list. Whoever the Padres bring in, if they do bring in anyone before the new year, I don't think it would be on my top five moments of 2023. And by the way, these are not just my top five moments on the field. Some of them are on the field, but also some things that happened off of the field as well. So in the comments on YouTube, please feel free to give your top five moments of 2023 in this, not just the Padres season, but just the calendar year for the Padres. Again, it doesn't have to be things that happen during the season on the field. It could be some potential Contract extensions, not potential, but things that happen. Potentially, it could be that for your list. On social media, you can find me at Talking Friars on Twitter and Instagram. Some honorable mentions before I get going into my top five here. Honorable mentions, the Hassan Kim walk-off. Yes, that did not make it. For me, and this is my personal top five list. You can disagree. If you disagree, let me know why. I love talking with Padres fans. I try to get back to everybody or at least acknowledge everyone's comment. So please let your your uh, thoughts be known. But Hassan Kim, to me, that walk-off, that was the same day as San Diego State's national championship game against UConn. So, yeah, it was a great moment, but it was not something where that moment like immediately sticks out. When I look back to 2023, that moment does not immediately stick out. I, I included it in the top... San Diego sports moments of 2023. That highlight video that I did, that's on YouTube, by the way. If you missed that, you can check that out. I also put out, and this is off topic, but I also just put out a video on the Padres missing out on Kevin Kiermaier. I don't know if they offered him anything, but that was a potential Padres target that is off of the board. So you can go watch that video. Who is left out there on the free agent market for the Padres? Could they make trades? We'll see, Um, but I gave some thoughts there. But yeah, some honorable mentions. The the Kim walk-off, it's definitely an honorable mention, but did not make the top five for me. I guess you have to include the David Dahl home run before the Kim walk-off, right? I believe that was against the D-backs. Manny's throw from his back. That was one that was an honorable mention. I mean, that was just an amazing play. I was there at Petco to see that live. And that was one of those where it's like, hmm, that reminds fans of Ken Caminiti and what he did. I know Caminetti's was a farther throw. Um, it was, you know, down the line where Manny's was more like 5-5 five, five hole, if I remember correctly. But still, what a freaking play that was. The comeback versus the Dodgers. I think it was late in the year, September, 
Soto had a big home run in that. I think that's an honorable mention. I would say the Oakland game where Soto hit his first career grand slam, I would put that in there. Blake Snell, when he had, what, seven no-hit innings late in the year, I'd put that up there. I think it was, it was a, was it a start against the Cardinals or was that 2022? Might've been 2022 where he struck out a ton of batters and he had a no hitter late there as well. But I believe there was a couple hits that he allowed in the seventh or the eighth inning there that stopped the no hitter from happening. But if that was 2023, I'd put it on there. Mike Schilt being hired as the next Padres manager. I have that as an honorable mention because I like the hire. Considering the circumstances, I liked that Schilt previous relationship or I guess current relationship with A.J. Preller. Someone that had managerial success with the St. Louis Cardinals. Spent a lot of time in the minor leagues. So he knows all the levels of the minor leagues. And he already had to some relationships being developed with these Padres minor leaguers who will be coming up and helping this Padres team at some point. And he was already with the big league coaching staff. And I think the players respect him. He's already visiting all the big players on the roster. And I'm sure he's going to have conversations with every player on the roster if he's not visiting them in person. But I think the crony meeting has happened. Tatis, we knew that we know that that is happening. Randy Vasquez, Johnny Burrito, I think they were in the DR as well, so Schilt Mel with them. The Soto and Grisham, that did not happen because they got dealt, but it seems like there's a lot of meetings. I think Schilt already talked with Manny and Musgrove and you while they were in San Diego, so he's getting around. I don't recall Bob Melvin doing that. So, like Mike Schilt, it really does feel like he cares about the players, the Padres organization, and doing well, and like isn't just doing this because, oh, there's some talent on the team. It looks like he's doing it because he wants to deliver San Diego a winner here. I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too deep into his in-person meetings with these players, but I really like that. I, I really like it. Um, so, yeah, Schilt, the hi that hiring, that's an honorable mention. And then FanFest. I know that FanFest ended up being like one of the – the stinkers of 2023, if you will, because we know what happened after that. I think we all remember FanFest as, oh, they were super confident. Tatis said, who do you want us to play? It doesn't matter because we're going to win the whole thing anyway. We're going to win it all. Uh, and Manny was clapping along to it and Don Orsillo saying, this is our year. Everyone was super happy. Everyone was super confident. And then look what happened, right? So I think some fans may think back at FanFest is maybe a little bit as a negative, but I'm putting it in the honorable mention because of what the day was at that point in time. How many fans showed up to that event? Crazy. The lines that were at that event. I mean, I showed up. When did I show up? Like 730 in the morning. And I think gates opened at nine or something. Like I showed up, I thought pretty early. <laughs> no, not really. Uh, I had to go I was in the, the line for the East Village Gate, I believe, going into Gallagher Square, that line. And it wasn't, it's not just one line. There's like, how many, like six gates or something? A lot of gates. And I was not in the line part where there was like the metal barriers or whatever. You know, I, I think fans know what I'm talking about there. No, I was lined up where you keep walking down the street. And past Gallagher Square. I was lined up there. And then there was the line for the home plate gate. 
that was all the way down the uh, all the way down the street. So fans showed up waiting, you know, an hour plus, I think it was. I thought I was going to meet Tatis. I ended up meeting Soto, got a picture there, ended up standing in uh, the big group of people. You know, I was probably like in the third row for the, the stage at Gallagher Square where Musgrove and Martinez, I think Hader was up there, um, Don, Jesse, Mudd, Tony, and then AJ, Seidler, Gruppner, right? Manny, Soto, Tatis, Bogarts, right? The first look at the big four in person and how everyone was going nuts and how the players like couldn't believe how many people were there. And um, I'm probably always going to remember watching. I was recording as well, but watching, looking at Peter Seidler. I don't, I don't remember what the conversation was during uh, the, the Q&A with the front office people there, but maybe Preller was answering a question or something. Seidler was just sitting there. And he was looking out at the Padres fans, and he was—he had the like this biggest smile on his face ever. And I was like, "Man, that's that's pretty cool. That is pretty freaking cool," because he knows how passionate San Diego is about the Padres and how much he wants the city to have that experience to win, or that's how much he he wanted it. Like he he really wanted to win. He just didn't view it as a business, and so he loved what he was seeing there at FanFest. And obviously it didn't happen. And now he's no longer with us. And that's what makes 2023 even more disappointing than what it was because, you know, we know that that was Peter's last season here as chairman of the Padres was when it was the most hyped up season ever. And then they don't even make the playoffs. Like it's just embarrassing what happened this past year, considering the circumstances, right? the talent and that this was Peter's last year, but just that day, like Padre fans thoughts that day. I think that deserves an honorable mention. Just fan. It was just a wild scene. So that's an honorable mention. I, I didn't put it in a top five moment because like, it's not like the Padres made the postseason or anything like that. And I think a lot of people look back at fan fest as a negative from what happened. Cause that was the start of, them being really confident and not a whole lot of urgency, not enough urgency, and they didn't turn it around, obviously. or They turned it around in September. That was the first time they won four games in a row. You know, so that's, those are some honorable mentions. There's probably some other honorable mentions that I am currently not thinking about. There was like the Rugnetto door home run in Washington. There was the Musgrove great start at Yankee Stadium, and I think Soto and Tatis homered in that game. It would end up being Soto's future home, which we didn't know about at the time. So there's that. But counting down from five to one here, top five moments of 2023. Again, this is mine. It's an opinion. Uh, it's subjective. So if you disagree, maybe it's the order. Maybe it's what is in there. How dare you, Ben? How do you have this in the top five? Let me know. Let me know in the comments here on YouTube. And then podcast listeners, you can go on YouTube in the comments. You can at me on social media as well. Number five, I've got Fernando Tatis Jr. stealing home. What a moment that was, huh? Against the Baltimore Orioles. Some might put that moment higher than number five, but I put it five, and maybe I should name my five and then go over why I put certain items in what certain spot. But Tatis stealing home, I don't have that at the top because. 
him stealing home, while that was amazing to, to see, I was at that game and I saw it live. I think a lot of people in the ballpark probably didn't see it. Maybe they were on their phone and, hey, if you were on your phone, you missed it. Like, because it happened really quick. And obviously the Orioles pitcher, he didn't see it coming. The Orioles dugout didn't do anything. So they didn't see it coming. They didn't see it coming. They didn't see it coming. Um, so from that aspect, yeah, it was really cool. But it's not like he beat the throw by, you know, his hand barely getting in there. No, like he, he was standing, right? I believe he just ran in standing. So like it, it was not, if it wasn't standing, he slid when he didn't need to, like it wasn't close. Um, so that's why it's number five. It's in the top five for sure, but it's not at the top because it, it wasn't like a bang, bang play, you know? And then there's some other ones here where it's like big moments for the franchise. Again, not everything is on field moment, big moments for the franchise. Or personally, you know, one of my favorite players, which is number four, Jake Cronenworth signing the extension. That's number four for me. Some would be like, there's no way that should be in your top five. What are you doing? Like Jake Cronenworth, that's part of the reason why we can't be spending this big money in free agency. Like he should be traded. We should have the money to extend Hassan Kim right now if it wasn't for Jake Cronenworth having the extension. But it's kind of like FanFest. At that point in time, remember that was after like night two of the regular season, I think, because it started on a Thursday, right? And the Friday night, I want to say, was when the Crony extension was reported by Dennis Lynn late night, late at night. Because I, I think I did a podcast episode on the first two games of that Rocky series because it was a four-game set. I ended it, and then I went back out and did another episode because right when that episode ended, I think, was when Dennis Lynn dropped that news. But I was super excited because, you know, this was not coming off of Crony having a really bad season at first base and his value plummeting and him getting hurt to end his year, right, in Milwaukee with that injury. It was coming off of a great postseason run and the huge hit against the Dodgers and huge fan favorite. I think he still is by a lot of Padres fans. Like, a lot of Padres fans love Jake Cronenworth. Some Padres fans don't want him on the team anymore. It's crazy what one year can do, right? One bad year. And, and Crony knows that. I know that. Everyone knows it was a bad year. Um, but that point in time, having Crony locked down, was it a move that needed to happen? No. But I was like, all right, this is a pretty good start to the season. You know, the, if I remember correctly, the results on the field, we were not like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Because they lost night one, right? They might have won the second game. I forget. But I was like, okay, this is let's get our minds off of the first couple games here against the freaking Rockies that we can't blow them out, right? Because I think that was some fans' expectations. Like, this team's going to roll over everybody, including the Rockies. This is going to be a huge freaking party, and then that didn't happen, you know, the first couple games there. I think they split that series. So we got the mind off that, and a fan favorite, you know, is going to be here through, what's the contract, 2030 or something? I'm like, heck yeah. Because I'm a huge Jake Cronenworth fan. So personally for me, that was a great moment. That moment, seeing the news, I was super happy. Seeing the news, when that happened, that was great. So 
I have that at number four. And let me double check how long Crony is under control here. Cronoworth extension, seven years. So, yeah, through the 2030 season. And the extension starts this coming season. I don't expect Crony to be traded, by the way. There was a report, I believe, from Ken Rosenthal that said that, yeah, the, the Padres and Blue Jays talked about Jake Cronoworth. But nothing obviously happened. Number three on my list is a Manny Machado extension. When that happened, again, that moment, seeing the news, I was super happy. I remember it was early Sunday morning, and I think I was about to go work out or something. And the news came down. I was like, well, there goes that, because now I got to go do a show. But it was I was ecstatic. 11 years, $350 million. We were waiting for an extension to happen because we thought that if an extension didn't happen, he was probably going to go to free agency. Now, looking back on it, we would probably say, no, you know what? Let him go to free agency. We, we probably should have let him go. We could have saved some money there. Maybe it wouldn't have been $350 million. Maybe it would have been three hundred. Maybe it would have been less years coming off of the year that he just had. But to lock him down, and again, we didn't know Soto's future, but at that point in time, we knew that we were going to have Tatis, Bogarts and Manny, long-term. And I believe at that point in time, I was like, yeah, I'll take that. Even if we don't have Soto, like even having those three guys long-term, that's great for the Padres. Now, Bogarts didn't have the best first year, Manny down year as well. So it's not looking great right now, but all three of those guys are talented baseball players. Like there's a reason why they got that money. And Xander Bogarts, He's one of the more consistent shortstops offensively in baseball. And last year, it wasn't that year that he had with the Red Sox um, going into free agency, right? That walk year that he had, that he had. But I think that he can bounce back. If, if he can stay healthy, and that's obviously an if, but if he can stay healthy, I think he can hit near 300, hit 300. He's shown that. Like, he's been pretty consistent. He can give you 20 home runs. Um, so I'm, I'm interested in seeing what bogey can do, but getting back to Manny, like that moment when it happened, I think that almost all of San Diego was pumped up that Manny was going to be a Padre for life. It, it wasn't just, Oh, Manny Tatis Bogart's long-term for the rest of their careers. It was Manny Machado is going to be a Padre for life. And I think that made a lot of Padres fans smile that day. And I believe he got, it was, uh, I think it was a televised game, spring training, later that day. Manny got a big ovation, obviously, in Peoria. It was just a great day. And I, I was listening to Sammy Lovett, because uh, I think he and, was it Tony Gwynn Jr.? After I did my show, I went to, it was either on a walk or a run, I forget what it was, but I was listening to 97.3 The Fan. I think it was Sammy and Tony. And then I think Jesse popped in, just listening to, the reactions and hearing the callers call in San Diego was pumped up when that happened. So especially when they didn't make the postseason and there's not a ton of amazing moments that happened this year, the man extension, I think deserves to be in the top three because that's not just that moment. It is something that means more, you know, Manny Machado, he's going to go into the hall of fame with the Padres hat on. That's what this contract guaranteed. And so, that's I think that's pretty cool. 
Number two, I'm going to say, look, for these last two, I'm bringing them back to on-field moments. Number two, Xander Bogarts, Jake Cronenworth going back-to-back against Shohei Otani on July 4th, beating the Angels. You might be like, well, Trout got hurt earlier in the series. Otani, I think he was dealing with like a, a blister issue. He left that start. But now, especially knowing Shohei Otani is going to be here long-term. And that moment there, it was another moment, I think, where some Padres fans were like, oh, all right, maybe this team can get going here. July, have a good month of July here. Can be buyers at the deadline, which they ended up being not huge buyers, but, you know, Rich Hill, G-Man Choi, and Scott Barlow, who they ended up trading earlier this offseason, obviously. Maybe they can get going here. Like, this is a big moment. You know, Petco Park packed. Musgrove was on the mound. Him outdueling Shohei Otani. And, you know, Crony and Bogey, who had not had just the entire year, obviously, the entire season, didn't have the best seasons. But them having big moments there, I think that was pretty cool. And uh, Crony, did he homer twice? I forget if he homered twice in that game. But I think he had a, I know he had a home run and at least a ground rule double, I want to say. Maybe it was Bogarts. But one of them, I think, homered twice. But they had big days. Musgrove pitched well. And the Padres were able to win that game against the Angels. Again, it's not beating the Dodgers. It's nothing like that. But a a moment like that, you know, July 4th at home, you're facing Shohei Otani, you know, the MVP, to be able to beat him like that. And then Shohei in that series, by the way, went over at the plate to make matters greater for the Padres in that series. So that moment there, that series overall, was a pretty darn good series uh, to watch. You don't want to see Mike Trout get hurt. Like, that was not a good part. Anthony Rendon, I think, got hurt. Like, you don't want to see that. Otani left early from his appearance on the mound. Like, you don't want to see that. But being able to beat Otani like that was pretty cool. And hopefully the Padres can do that. They can upset the Dodgers this next year. They can do that, you know, hopefully consistently here over the next decade. I'm definitely not counting on it because the Dodgers should beat the Padres. Based on circumstances right now, they should beat the Padres, continue to beat the Padres, over the next decade, Padres have not been able to beat the Dodgers consistently for a long, like in my lifetime, maybe, or definitely the last decade. It's been a long time. So we'll see. But that moment there was a pretty big moment. And, you know, Crony's one of my favorite players. So, and Musgrove started that game. So maybe for me, that's something that maybe it's just a me thing where I think of that immediately when I think of the 2023 year for the Padres. Maybe some other fans don't, but I think that was a pretty cool moment there. And then number one, maybe it's recency bias because it happened late in the year, but Fernando robbing that home run. I mean, it was against the St. Louis Cardinals, I want to say. Michael Walker was on the mound. I do remember that. I was at Petco for this game. Sunday day game. They're wearing their camos. Padres, I think, are blowing out the Cardinals like 9-1 to one or something like that. Late in the game, and Nando, full extension, just as athletic as you can be. And here's another thing. Like, right field, center field, the pet go. Tatis wants to be in right field now. That right field wall is pretty big. Center field, Grish, he's robbed some home runs where he's not the tallest, and there's other guys that can do that. 
where this one, it was full extension from Tatis. I don't know how many players in baseball could have made that play. Like, it was pretty impressive. And then immediately when he catches it, he fires it in, I think, to first to try to double off the runner. Like, that was a that was an amazing moment. And Tatis got a big standing ovation, and Manny was clapping it up in the dugout. That was a really cool moment. That was a really cool play. No doubt about that. Like, I've seen some pretty cool Tatis things in person. Stealing home this year. The three-homer game that he had in 21 against the D-backs. Um, I want to say, I forget what month it was, but I want to say it was 2021 as well. The I think he had a two-home run game, and one of them was a granny. Or it was a three-run home run against the Mariners. Dead center. I think that was a Sunday game as well. And that, that was when they had the swag chain. That worked out. Um, but I've seen some pretty cool moments from Tatis at Petco. Him robbing a home run like that, full extension, that, that was pretty cool. So those are my top five. You can disagree. I've got number one, Tatis robbing the home run. Number two, Crony and Bogey homering against Otani. Manny, his extension, number three. Number four, the crony extension. And then number five, Tatis stealing home uh, against the Baltimore Orioles. And then some honorable mentions, Hassan Kim's walk-off. Manny, the throw from his back, the comeback against the Dodgers. Soto, his big day in Oakland. Uh, Schilt, him being hired. And then FanFest, just the moment. I know some fans will look at FanFest negatively, but just that moment there and Peter smiling ear to ear like that, that's something that I'm probably not going to forget in a while. So there we go. Top five moments. Not a long show today, but um, you know, coming down to the end of the year here, I uh, just wanted to put that out there. So hopefully you enjoyed it. Thank you so much for the time. For the podcast audience, I appreciate it. And the YouTube audience as well. Reminder, Check out partners of the show, Gaglion Bros, the main sponsor of the show. Best cheesesteaks, garlic fries in San Diego. Their main location is on Friars Road. You can click the link in the description for their website, the address, the phone number, all that. Great people over there. Foco, great Padres bobbleheads, uh, breaking tea, Padres, Aztecs, wave shirts and sweatshirts, underdog fantasy. There's uh, There was a lot of NFL games going down over the weekend and holiday bowls tomorrow by the way um, so you can use underdog fantasy there's some pickums great pickums 100 deposit match up to 100 again click the link in the description for that uh talking friars is the code there and then SeatGeek code is also talking friars 20 off your order there please use that to your advantage you can wait to till next Padres season um, but do with that what you wish again i appreciate everybody's time again if you missed that video that i had on kevin kiermeyer earlier today feel free to go check that out definitely appreciate everyone that takes the opportunity to do that and you can let me know what you want the padres to do the rest of this offseason that is it see everybody